Look, cities like Albuquerque ain't land in the NFL draft, right? And, and it takes a specific type of city to be able to host an event like that. You know, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of work that needs to be done behind the scenes. And if you don't, if you don't want to end up like an Albuquerque, you're, you don't want to end up like a, like a, like a big, small city, then you have to take the steps necessary to put yourself in a position to land these events, whether that's a draft or a Super Bowl or a Final Four. You want to make sure you're in contention. You want to make sure you have the right infrastructure in place to be able to accomplish those goals. Well, whether it's the Illiches, Dan Gilbert, other developers, city officials, there was a, a, a conscious decision made, and that was we have to get better. We have to build. We have to find other ways to entertain. We have to bring restaurants into the city. Well, check, 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 check. And with that, the NFL looks at Detroit and says, you know what? Great spot for an NFL draft, and that's where we're going to put it. Detroit lands a draft. Roger Goodell in town today. And singing the praises of the Motor City for, for a lot of the time he sat in Ford Field with Mike Tirico of NBC, who joins us now. Michael, it's great to have you. Good to be on. How are we doing today? Well, we're well. Uh, uh, we're great. still buzzing off a Lions win. Sure, I, know, I, I know you are, too. What was it like being in that stadium for you the other night? Well, it, it, it was great. You know, uh, we're lucky enough to get to every stadium with uh, a significant size show on Sunday Night Football. Uh, over a couple-year stretch, probably hit most every stadium. Hadn't been here in a while. Uh, so that was nice to have a home game. But, you know, the atmosphere was a notch above what I have experienced for postseason games in other stadiums. Uh, I had never seen the crowd in there 45 minutes before kickoff. Never seen the Packers cheered in Ford Field. Uh, the chanting Jared Goff's name before the game. The fans more than did their part. It, usually the atmosphere in New Orleans and Seattle is right there at the top of the list in the league. And this uh, was the equal, if not the uh, so the one that could surpass what we experienced in those places. Look, and as an announcer, you you, you call balls and strikes. And right. w- what you're able to do, I think, better than anybody on the planet, especially because of your perspective, because you, you live in the area, you know the pain, you know the suffering, you know the sacrifices, you know the type of dedication these fans have shown to this team over the years. I just thought you did a really nice job of weaving all of that into that broadcast the other night, and and I think it showed. I think it showed, and I think it added to the environment that that we were seeing at home. Well, I appreciate that. You know, sometimes you you do get a story you're familiar with. Uh, I had the Bengals with a long playoff drought that ended a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of years ago. Excuse me, that was fun to be a part of that, and this reminded me of that in so many ways, but. You know, I have a friend who everybody who watches sports on TV knows, Scott Van Pelt. Scott and I have been dear friends for about 20 years and worked together a whole bunch and still stay in touch. And Scott's very fond of saying we're all from somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm from New York, but I've lived here for 25 years, had season tickets to the Lions when they got into Ford Field in the 02 season for a few years after that. And so work didn't make that feasible. And I, I get it. I understand. So to be able to share that with, the national audience and help them understand what that night meant to the city. And people could see it. People could see it and hear it on the TV. It was great. And look, this is a fabulous sports town. I'm I'm lucky enough to marry somebody from here and have moved here for 25 years to experience from Michigan to all the Sparty friends, to all the pro teams, 
there's a great connection and passion with sports here. It's just a great place to be. And do you think that's what the NFL saw when they announced Detroit as a destination for the NFL draft? And not only not only from the infrastructure standpoint, which I, I tried to highlight that Detroit has gotten we, – we've come a long way in that aspect. We've added yeah. hotels. We've added restaurants. We've added other attainment destinations. But in terms of what, what this city has done over the years, do you think that that's what the NFL saw when they picked Detroit to host the draft? No, no doubt it's a part of it. You know, there, there's a bidding process, and, and a, you know, you put in a competitive bid for it, and there are other suitors. But clearly, you know, the league has an event now that once they took it out of New York, had an opportunity to go to different places, maybe places that don't host the Super Bowl, have another type of event like this that can work. And it has worked in Chicago and Philadelphia and Nashville and so many different places that Detroit was natural, but you really needed to make sure the city was on board. And I think we have seen, and I know in pure uh, candor and honesty, I've done some work with the Detroit Sports Commission, and I've seen firsthand how from corporate leaders to our teams in the city to the city itself, this area has come together with the best of the resources to try to elevate Detroit to a place We can host a Final Four again and host these major events like the NFL Draft. And don't be mistaken, I think it's really cool. You know, the the Illich companies with the Red Wings and the Tigers and Tom Gores and the Pistons and obviously the Fords and the Lions, they work together maybe better than any four sports teams I've seen in the country for the greater good of the city. Mm. And don't be mistaken for a second. That's a big part of the reason – that these bids take place successfully. They work together, they collaborate, they're in conversations at the highest level of their leadership. Uh, and I think all of that together is part of the reason that we are in position to host these events. Well, look, and the commissioner doesn't just come around uh, very often. And and so when he comes to town, there's obviously a discussion that needs to be had. What did you guys cover today? Oh, boy, we covered a bunch of stuff. Uh, really, the impact that the draft could have on the city and the why Detroit question was maybe as much of anything that we discussed. And just talking about how the league does like to do things that have a bigger impact. This thing is so powerful. My, my gosh, there were 40 million people watching the Packers games and the game against the Cowboys and about 36 million people watching our game from here on Sunday. There's nothing else in television that draws an audience like that. As a matter of fact, the Lions game had more viewers in primetime than any show since the Super Bowl. So the power of the NFL is one that I think the league is used in a very good way to say, okay, you know what? Yeah, we'll have the draft. Well, let's talk about minority-supported uh, businesses and owned businesses. Mm-hmm. And how can we make them a part of what we're doing for this draft in Detroit? So there are many things like that that we discussed. We, we went through the history of the commissioner who started as an intern at the NFL and wanted to be the commissioner of the NFL going all the way back to his high school days and uh, college days and wrote a note about it, uh, trying to get hired and got a whole bunch of rejection letters from people who are now his bosses uh, in terms of league ownership. So it was a fun conversation and really neat to hear the commissioner kind of connect with what this means to the city. And he's, he's comes here on a regular basis, you know, every couple of years or every year. And he's seen firsthand how Detroit's turned around. So it's always nice to have somebody – come back in town and be appreciative of uh, where it was, where it is, and where it's going. Yeah, fresh set, fresh perspective, fresh set of eyes uh, usually makes us feel good. Did you see the the decibel level that Ford Field got to Sunday night? Did you see that? 
I didn't need to see it because I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard what amounted to a jet engine taking off. A hundred and thirty-three point six decibels. It's the fourth loudest NFL stadium in history. Yeah, I, I've uh, I've been in Kansas City and Seattle where they've tried to set and then rebreak the record. Yeah, well, dirty, dirty little dirty little secret. A lot of that a lot of that depends on where you measure it. Uh, but still, it's still so loud. Communication was a factor in at least one, if not both, of the Rams' yeah. timeouts. You can have an argument about that. Yep. I was in that stadium when the Bears had all those false starts in 2011 on a Monday night, uh, calling that game. You know, it was one of those nights where I talked a lot less because the crowd was so loud. Yeah. You're just fighting it, and that was the atmosphere of the game. So now here's the question. Will the fans be just as loud and just as passionate on Sunday? We're going to be louder. Last week. We're going to yep. be louder. Well, there you go. Louder. That's that's usually the question. Yeah. Mike, great stuff, man. Thanks for the time as always. We'll talk again very soon. Glad we could join you. Thank you so much. Yeah. That's Mike Tarico of NBC. He'll be back into town in Detroit uh, Sunday afternoon to call the game. Got to take a break. More next on JR Afternoon.